Welcome to another episode of the Zay Play Podcast. Um, You guys know what it is. Disclaimer. This is a show about ideas, thoughts, and opinions meant to encourage open discussion and um, growth. Not meant to be taken overly serious. And if you don't like it, please don't listen. All right. Um, Just a guy sharing my thoughts, doing my thing. All right. Uh, looking like a good week this week, getting around, doing the things, you know, music, culture. Uh, hasn't really been too big on sports, but we got playoffs coming, so that's what's up. Um, getting back to the roots, going to do some thinking, some research. Hopefully, you guys can come along for the ride and enjoy it with me. All right, let's get right into it. All right, let's look at music this week. Um, not a super crazy spicy week for music. Um, oh snap. Hold on. Hold on. Band gang Lonnie put something out. Okay. We got Talib Kweli got a single. One take Timmy, which I didn't really like the single he put out politics. Got an album by Wiz Khalifa. I'm not a huge Wiz fan. I'm not sure how good it will do. I haven't heard much hype about it, but we'll see. Seems like music is chilling out right now, even though it is the fourth quarter. I think everyone's getting ready for a big Christmas and after Christmas sale. So we got Jay Grams, Boldy James, 38 Spech, all singles, Rico Reckless with an album, Conway the Machine with an album, which I did listen to, produced by The Conductor. Um, and it was solid. I would definitely say one of Conway's better works and definitely a nice collab and definitely like a unique sound. He also has a single with Big Ghost and, oh, dude, Song of the Week, Drug Trade Part 2, featuring Black Thought and Benny the Butcher by Smoke Dizza and Flying Lotus. Fire. Sound the fire alarms. This song was gas. Absolutely loved it. Um, then we got ASAP 12E, Babyface Ray, AZ with an album. And uh, yeah, that's about all worth mentioning. I mean, oh, Dave East put out an album. I got to listen to that 30 for 30. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably going to do it for me on music there. A lot of music, though, to listen to and observe. But, yeah, Smoke Dizza record really did it for me. That's definitely music of the week and artist of the week. If you don't listen to Smoke Dizza, he's definitely got one song out there that you'll like. So go check him out. And, yeah, it's going to do it for music. All right, I'm going to group this into one section, culture and sports. It's the holiday season, guys. So culture-wise, everybody's at home. Um, And we're in a time right now where everybody understands the importance of a holiday. My generation especially, we, uh, we know... 
it's a tradition. We understand why it's a tradition and we're taking all the good parts from it and keeping it. And so definitely holiday season's a good time of year. It's the most peaceful time. But uh yeah, the culture seems to be chilling. Sports, playoffs are coming up. I mean what M- the NBA play in tournament. I mean it's looking okay. Knicks Bucks Bucks beat them. Um Pacers beat the Celtics, which was crazy to me, but yeah, that that's going on. Lakers and the Suns played. Let's see who won that game. Cause somebody won that game. Dun, 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 dun. Suns out Lakers. Wow, Lakers won. That's actually crazy. I did not think they would win that game, but down go the Suns. So, yeah, they're winding that down to, I believe, semis. Um, NFL playoffs coming up. Bears won't be in it, so, yeah. Kansas City might not even be in it at this rate. So, I don't know. NBA, NFL is what it is. But, hey, the FIDE Chess Candidates Tournament um, is getting closer and closer. And uh, got Hans Moke Neiman jostling in there, Wesley Slow, Anish Geary. It's getting interesting. It's getting interesting there. But, yeah, end of the year. Everybody's chilling. Nothing too crazy. All right, let's have a little bit of a motivational talk, okay? Because I think a lot of guys are lost at how to get better. And a simple but effective strategy is if you want better, be better. Just be better at everything. Just try harder. Um, I know it seems simple, and I know it seems maybe overly simple, but it really has an impact. Just wanting to be better and attempting to be better in every single way and using more energy towards that. Um, I think that's a first stepping stone you can kind of look to if you want to improve your life because you can't just want it. You have to do better, just is. So you got to put action behind the direction. All right. Today, I'm going to get into a little bit of negotiation and kind of what I think in negotiation. Now, there's many types of negotiations, okay? And I'm not going to say what exactly I'm not I'm not going to pin this down to one type of negotiation. I think this is a negotiation tactic that is always going to be to your benefit. And that tactic is never state the obvious. The reason I say that is because the obvious is something they should know automatically. 
And if they don't, the thing is, if you say something and it's something that they don't know, chances are it gives them more leverage. Negotiating, you always want to keep the person you're negotiating against in the dark as much as possible. Because it gives you leverage. The more you know that they don't, the better. So, because knowledge is power, especially in negotiation. So, stating the obvious is kind of like giving up an advantage that you might have off rip. So, I never state the obvious. And that all stating the obvious to me sometimes seems to be like it's a sign of frustration, it's a weak tactic, or it's a sign that they think that they have one up on you. And so they state the obvious. I think you have to find interesting ways to interact with the obvious and um, to use to play off the obvious to give you an edge. Um, in a way, it is kind of like flirting, right? You're dancing around the subject, not being direct, keeping it fun, keeping it light um, on your toes, things like that. So, yeah, that's the way I would uh, I would uh, give that advice. Um, never state the obvious. Okay, this is going to be a little bit of a longer segment, but um, we're going to touch on a few things. All right. First thing, Josh Giddy situation. I've been thinking about it. And I think I overreacted. Now, I'm going to tell you why I think that. I overreacted slightly, but not completely. Okay? So, first things first. 21 and 19. First things first, he met her when he was 19. She would have been 16. Now, if this happened two years ago, she's 18 now and he's 21. Perfectly acceptable, okay? It's not even an out of the norm, okay? Now, let's take it back to those 16 and 21. Now, I've been thinking about this. And I've been thinking about what I would do if I caught my daughter with someone like this. Um, And in, in, in kind of two scenarios, right? Um, the first scenario being she came to me open and honest right away and talked to me about this person. Second being, I just found out she's been seeing him and it could be like, let's just say they're two months into dating and she's just now telling me. Okay. And then there's a scenario where I just find out and she never told me. Okay, so it's kind of actually three scenarios. Um, And the trick here is that it's my daughter. So I raised her. Now, when I think about legal ages and I think about certain things, girls definitely mature faster than boys. Okay, and when you look at the law, it says 18. 18 to me is more for the guys than it is for the girls um, because you have to make the law... Uh, for the lower end of the bell curve. It's why the speed limit is lower than what most people can actually drive. And it's more like a speed base than a limit. But either way. Um, I'm 
my bad, my bad, my bad. We're talking about speed limits, being the base, bell curve, laws, boys' age. Sometimes I have to work backwards, guys. Um, so my daughter, and to be honest, um, I know when I was 16, girls were dating guys much older than 21 and much less well off. So my daughter at 16, I'm going to double down on my parenting. I don't believe in taking away autonomy and choices as long as they're safe. And safe is the big word here. As long as I deemed it safe, it'd be okay. Now, in the first two scenarios where she comes to me and tells me, um, and I find out, can do my research, talk with my wife, for the most part, I can deem that pretty safe. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a talk about this experience and what I think it's going to bring to you, but I'm not going to take away your choice to do something. Um, as long as as long as you're safe and you're you're good to do something, I think as a parent at 16, you have to let your kids live their life. They can drive, so they can most likely um, decide. They, they drive and they can eat and they can feed themselves and they can probably work. So most likely they're going to decide who they they want to sleep with and be with. And and it's an age where you have to kind of learn those lessons. And you never know; it could be true love as well. That is another strong reason why um, you want to hear your daughter out, especially if this guy, like, NBA, bruh, that's life-changing money. That She she could be set for life. So I think as a dad, you kind of have to, you have to put aside those super-duper protective feelings and understand that, you have to trust that you taught your daughter well enough to understand how to navigate this. And so on that note, I am excited to be a dad. Now, I don't have any kids on the way, but I was talking to someone today and they were talking about their children and he himself kind of goes, yeah, my wife's awesome. I love her and it's amazing. But I was built for this dad shit. And I was like, you know what? I know I'm the exact same way. And it was kind of like this weird serendipitous moment where God kind of showed up in my life and he said, hey, you're going the right way. It's just weird. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I just felt like super reaffirmed in who I was in that moment. And, and I know I'm going to be a good parent. And it makes me think that like, and to be honest, like, I think I'm a pretty exceptional person in a lot of ways. And I think my children will be too. And I don't know, you know, I guess this kind of goes to the something I've always known. I, I just... I think dads make great foundations and I'm trying to build myself up to become a really good foundation. And I don't know, it just struck a chord with me and I, I am, I'm really excited to be a dad. And so I'm, I'm going to put a lot of faith in my parenting. I think, I think, Yes, the legal age is definitely, what, eight, 17, 18. Uh, well, 17 in some states, 18 in others. My daughters will be able to make autonomous decisions about their sex life. 
by 16 because I was their parent and I educated them and hopefully, you know, they don't, you know, hopefully they understand, like by then they'll understand the laws too, why they're considered underage, um, certain things, um, when it comes to who I want them to be dating at, at, and who I would personally improve of and what I think they should be looking for. Um, that's just personally, I think how I'm, I'm going to do it. So if that rare chance happened, this is how I deal. Like if that rare situation happened, this is how ideally I would want it to play out. I want my daughter to come to me and be like, Hey dad, I wasn't sure about this, this, that, and the third, this person says this, 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 and this, we met like this, you know, ask my questions. And I would explain to her, probably the conversation would go, okay. Um, it's a little strange how this happened. You know, five years is a pretty strange gap, but I do know as your parent, you know, what I've taught you and, um, what I think of you as a person and, if you really believe this is something that you want to pursue and be involved with, I'm going to outline some things that I think you should know. One, you know, this person is older than you. They're going to be experiencing a lot of different things than you. Um, they're going to, they're traveling. They're doing a ton of other things. I don't know how involved you're going to be able to be in their life and what that all entails. Plus, you still still got to deal with school. You still got to deal with this, that, and the third. So ultimately, I don't know how innocent this is going to be, but if this is an experience you want to understand and you want to try and you want to live through, like as long as it's safe, we can, we can see where this, where this goes. But one, I don't like... I'm just going to throw it out there. Chances are he's not. This is not going to be a marriage thing. Chances are this is not. Um, this might not be something that works out long term. But, you know, life. And, and by the time I'm this age, it's likely that things will have changed. Relationships might be way different. Like societal standards might um have been totally subsequent but I would definitely you know do my re like see where this guy's from see what's up probably have a talk with him be like yo what are your intentions here and if everything checked out 16 is is not too young and I think the United States like people are sometimes blinded by laws like, definitely follow the laws. I'm not saying don't follow the laws. That's not what I'm saying. Definitely follow the laws. But as a father and as a leader of a household, you are making decisions that are for the 100% well-being of others as well as the cohesiveness of your unit, okay? I could just tell my daughter, you know what? Nah. You're going to sit in your room. This is not going to happen. I'm shutting all this down. You're, you're, this is, this is unfair. Like, this is, this is totally inappropriate. I refuse to let it happen.
how am I going to stop her if she wants it to happen? The dude probably, like, if the dude is in the NBA, he probably will have more money than me. Like, he's just going to be able to do things and get around things and create situations I can't if he wants it to happen. And if she wants it to happen, what am I supposed to do? So, I would rather have an open conversation about it, point blank, period, and do my best to get her to make the right decision. Yeah. Also, in my parenting, I would hope that even though, you know, this situation doesn't even occur, but if it did, this is how I would go about it because I would like to think I would trust my daughters. So... I had to really uh, think about that, dive into it a little bit and really um, understand that like the United States has a picture about what is right and wrong. And definitely in general, those are really good terms. I like be, if if I heard about the situation and I wasn't the parent, I would be very suspicious because I would not I, I don't know how other people parent. I don't trust how other people parent. All I can go off of is the uh, arbitral facts. So. That's how I delineate here and how thin of a line this is. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, but, you know, the, maybe when I get older, this, this my idea here will change. Maybe um, maybe I won't see it like this. Maybe I'll be more of an iron fist. I don't know. But to me, it just seems like an ineffective strategy to take away autonomy um, as a parent because... Ultimately, you're raising your kids to make decisions and be autonomous. I won't be here the whole time. So, yeah, I think a lot of people around the world, their daughters are ready by 16 and they have to be. And I think um, ages and understanding, like, you know, the world doesn't operate like the U.S. And you need to keep your mind you know, you have to expand your mind outside of just the way you know the United States thinks and, and really have your own moral compass and understand each situation is unique and you need to interpret it that way and go about it with a um, wide net of solutions. So, yeah, long, long rant here. Hit a lot of topics, like I said, but worth it. Definitely interesting. <laughs> Okay, second, this might be a mini rant. But I wanted... Okay. This is a very tricky slash... Um... This is a, a hinge slash razor edge theory is how I would put it. But I, I feel like guys, when guys get into a relationship, the whole goal of the dude is to eventually be vulnerable. Now, hear me out. He doesn't do this because most guys, when they're younger, the ability to be vulnerable, like they, 
they get into a relationship and they had this goal of being vulnerable. They think this is a good idea or it's just something that naturally that happens. And almost immediately and every time they are shown that this is not attractive, not what is wanted, not what is needed. Um, and they learn to kind of hide this sort of desire or they suppress this ability, like they suppress this want um, to the point where it doesn't even surface sometimes and to the point where oh, maybe they even like don't even it's it's hard to put they don't like they lose the ability to express it to an extent um because they just don't trust they just don't think it's like a human thing like they stop believing in it like the the validation that comes from it so in the end the guy's goal is to be able to say anything, say how we feel, and this, that, and the third. But a lot of guys understand we have to, you have to like us enough for us to be able to get to that spot because if not, there's like a break point, right? If you're vulnerable before she likes you enough, it almost feels as if it will never get there. Like it, it's an interrupter. But if she likes you enough and you do become vulnerable, it, it strengthens the relationship. So I think when guys are searching for this break point, they, um, they can kind of lose their way. Like some of them kind of choose to play it safe because it's like, if I ne if it never happens, then I never have to worry about this stoppage of um, like progression in the relationship slash attraction. And so they just keep it tucked. And then when you keep it tucked for so long, it's hard to kind of unveil it. But I feel like a lot of guys are very emotionally intelligent. It's it's our ability to kind of express it without losing social credibility that inhi it inhibits us in a lot of ways. So the guys who are really, really, really good at it have found ways around it and that it shows. But I think a lot of guys and a lot of like in general, are more emotionally understanding than we think. And I I even want to hint on this in the idea of, like, comics. To be funny, you have to have a level of emotional understanding that most people resonate with and understand, which is a sign of, like, a pattern recognition slash collective approval. So it, it's another kind of basis that I think shows that men have a very different but deep, complex 
understanding of emotions. So, yeah. Um, that's just kind of an idea that's been percolating in my mind, um, recently. So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Okay, question of the week. Let's get to it. So, last week I kind of talked about what's something that you know or have known about yourself for a long time. And this could be based off of stories your family told you, things, a deep desire that you always had, something that you're striving for. Um could really be defined by anything. Um, but for me, I've always kind of felt this urge and been able to build my character around um, being a foundation. And I know that sometimes seems weird because a lot of people want to be trailblazers and they want to set new trends and lead the pack. I'm definitely more of a, when you're not doing well, lean on me, lift up, um, kind of stepping stone slash platform type person. Um, not that I enjoy being used, but more or less people come to me when they don't know where to go or um, they need something solid that works, that's dependable, that is predictable, that um, is just sturdy that they can build off of. Um, so that's kind of how I've always felt. Um, and I try to produce that by... You know, just being consistent, giving good advice, living my life as an example, um, and just being open and honest and having the strength to kind of endure those times when people don't need help, when you kind of got to help yourself and understand that it's not personal. It's just that your services aren't needed right now. Trailblazers are nice because they're shiny. They're the star. Everybody, you know, wants to be around them, uh, especially when they're doing well. But when a trailblazer can't get on that path and can't start burning stuff up, it's probably pretty excruciating for them. And they don't get the same level of attention and desire. Or when people just simply can't follow them because they're trailing off too brightly. Definitely can get lonely in that area too you know it's lonely at the top and at the bottom people don't want to be around you so it's, it just is what it is but i think everyone has a sort of kind of shell they can kind of fit into or a calling that um maybe uh, you know f characterizes how they fit into society a little bit better now Question of the week this week has to do, once again, fear. And specifically, how do you measure fear? Is it measurable? Um, in a similar fashion to uh, hope, maybe. But I think fear is even more tangible than hope. I think you can boil it down even further. 
And I think like two components that are really key to fear are knowledge and control. So I definitely think there's some sort of proportional ratio there, but haven't really thought about it as much. Definitely want to see what you guys think. And yeah, um, just spinning it off. Question of the week. Okay, now to hit you guys with a little personal update. Got three active missions going, but I do want to just say thank you. And we're getting to the end of the year, right? We already did a Spotify wrapped and all this and that. And um, I guess I got to talk to you guys about the, my Spotify wrapped. Maybe I'll hit you guys up about that next week. But just thank you guys like for listening and tuning in. And, um, you know, we're getting to almost a year's worth of episodes. It's kind of scary, you know. Um, this started a whole year ago as just a dream and every single one of you guys who's listening right now and who will listen to this, um, thank you. Genuinely. Um, I know these are just thoughts, ideas, and a lot of them are dumb and immature and they, I don't know, you know, don't make sense. And I might change my mind later about things, but, you know, being able to listen and just, you know, being open-minded and maybe you judge me, maybe you don't. And either way, uh, just taking the time out of your day and, and uh, enough to hear what I have to say. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, because <laughs> I try to tell you, if you don't like it, don't listen. Everybody who's listening right now does enjoy the podcast and good news. It's going to get better. Next year, I'm trying to step it up to a whole new level. Season two. Season two of the Zay Play podcast. Let's go. Two seasons. Busting them out, all right? Um, And hopefully, you know, the small community can grow a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? We're taking the dream here, folks. So thank you. Really appreciate it. Now, to the missions. Okay. Mission Mindscape. We're doing good. I'd say still at the 50, 60% mark is where I would put it. But I'm getting better. I know I am. That's just how I feel. Like the bricks are being laid and you can't really see everything right now. But the, the, like, I've seen the blueprint in my mind. Like, I know I'm building the right way. You know what I mean? And I feel like that sign I got today kind of shows it. You're going in the right direction, my boy. Okay. Um, and then, dude, I'm sorry about this fan. Sorry. It's, you guys know I'm traveling. But um, that's going in the right way. Um, mission that I'm not telling you guys about. until it's complete or about 25 to 30 percent of the way there that's a good there's been progress there's been progress but nothing to to sneer at we got to get to like 50 percent before we're really like like yeah like you know i'm gonna be banging on my chest a little bit at 50 you know what i mean just what i'm saying you know what i mean okay um and then mission find a wife Oh, my God. 
we're actually taking steps back. We're like at negative 5% with this mission, guys. Um, I am going on... Well, let's just put this. Let's just say this. I'm probably going to be in a different mood next podcast. But... I am... How would you say gathering the courage and summoning the bravery to, I don't know, scratch all that. I am, what would you say? I I really don't know how to put this. It's not a mission. Um, This is more of a... I don't know. It feels like a Hail Mary, but it's not a Hail Mary. Um, Maybe... I guess this is more of an exploration. I don't know. Maybe it's... uh, It's hope. You know, this idea to kind of like, I like to think I am a completionist. I like to do things completely. And one of those things is like, I guess in a relationship, trying to snuff out all hope is something I am too active with. So maybe, maybe that's what this is, but who knows? Um, But I'll keep you guys updated, keep you guys in the loop. Thank you. And you guys know what it is. Aim it, don't tame it. Okay. Get 1% better. And, you know, happy holidays, guys. Love yourself. Get ready for this new year. And uh, let's kill it.